Hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon. And I'm Dom. And tonight's movie for debate is the year 2000's The Family Man. So hello and welcome to The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's movie for debate is The Family Man. Dom, it is so close to Christmas, we are four days away at the time of recording this. How are you, my friend? Yeah, very well, thank you. Very good. Bit tired. I've been off work for a week or so. Just well, just under a week since last Friday, and I've been busier than ever. So, every, tell us about it, everybody. Because I mean, look, you've been off for a week, but you haven't been FaceTiming me regularly. Oh, so, you know, I'm confused. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been non-stop helping my parents. Uh, yes. since I was off last week so it's just been uh, crazy a crazy nightmare <laughs> well, you mean helping them with like Christmas things Christmas like decorating things, things like that uh, Christmas shopping yeah a bit of shopping taking them here go and collect this parcel there this sort of thing because I live down the road and it's just I'm here and it's quite easy for them and I have finished work so it is fine it's not as if I was doing anything major with my time and supposed to be relaxing it was just you know let's go and and help my parents so that's fine uh i've been doing that i've been quite busy um but other than that all good all fine ready to talk about this film but before we get there how are you my friend what's new what's happening i'm good i'm good uh still working everybody in like my office are all off for the next week and so f and i are going to be like on call quote unquote um for the the staff that we still have going out so we still have people doing sessions every day except for christmas day and that's it we have people booked in. oh unboxing day we have people booked in on all of the other days like new year's eve christmas day all of that uh, new year's day all of that stuff so again not that We'll be having to do anything, but just being on call in case there's an emergency, someone's car breaks down, all of that stuff. But we're kind of like on call all the time anyway. I'm just babbling. Yes, everything is good, but what I'm trying to say is there's not like a direct cut off and then come back kind of thing. If you're on call and like somebody's car is broken down, they can't get to their participants or whatever, and they're not able to take them out or they can't get them home, does that mean you fill in? Or does that mean you organise someone to fill in? Because th- th- does this ruin your experience of being able to just drink freely throughout the day? Like, <laughs> I know you so love. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> well, I think, I guess it's karma for when my dad used to have to pick me up at like 10pm from the village that you grew up in mm. like every weeknight when I was a like teenager <laughs> and whatever. And he wouldn't be able to just like have a drink at home after he's been working all day. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's usually I'm arranging someone like we have people that are like cover group leaders that can go out and cover people. But in these instances, I guess I would go out and now that I'm like group leading again. So yeah. Well, I'm, don't really drink and I won't be drinking. So if you need someone to go and pick someone up, I'll quite happily jump in. <laughs> Excellent. 
I need your DBS, I need some insurances, I need some ID, and that would be the slow transition of me being like, we've got a bit of work, Dom, if you're a <laughs> bit of work, you're free on Friday, and then until eventually you'll work for us seven days a week. Sure. Easy. Happily. Love to. Perfect. I, I think Perfect. I'm going to get my DBS check next year anyway um, for jiu-jitsu. Oh, for martial arts. Yeah. yeah. So we don't we don't teach kids... Um, because one, we don't have the proper checks and two, that you can't really teach them a lot because it's quite impactful stuff that we do. Um, but, uh, Martin, who I train with, who like I run the club with just got his done. Um, and it costs like 60 quid, 70 quid or something like that. I can, I can, I can get you the one done through mine for forty. <laughs> He's got connections. Man's got connections. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had like a one of them done just in case because we got some students who have got like nieces or brothers and sisters and stuff that are quite young that fans, that want to come along. So he got his done just in case they come along and they want to train and stuff. So. Yeah, I might I might do the same and then we can consider opening it up to some youngsters, but we'll see. Yeah, I'll give you a shout. Give him a shout. Yeah, kestrel. <laughs> couple kestrels. <laughs> you want a fag, Kestrel? You want a fag? It's getting close to Christmas, so standards are we on soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh dear. Uh, good times. Yeah, I before we talk about Fanny Man, I wanted to start this off with a, a positive a positive message to you, Dom, that I was thinking about just like an hour before we came on here when I was putting my son to bed. And I was thinking, you know, in life, I, I believe that you meet a lot of different people and a lot of people that you meet are uh, examples, lessons of the sort of person that you're not or the sort of person you don't want to be, you know? Like, you go through so many people that different jobs schools college uni wherever you know martial arts sport clubs whatever you meet so many different people and there's only a very small amount of people that you take with you and most times you meet people and you're like oh i don't like how that feels when they're talking about this or i don't like the way they make me feel because of that and this that and the other and a lot of the times those people help you to better know who you are by knowing who you're not and I was thinking, so who actually who actually do I feel good with? Like, who do I feel like, yeah, that person I am happily would have as someone that represents me. You know, someone that I could be like, that's my, that's my friend. And yes, judge him because anything you judge him by, that's like how I feel too, you know, or that's like a good representation for how I want to be and feel. And the only person, like, friend that I have that I feel like that about is you, my friend. Oh, that's I thought, very kind I thought, of I'm you. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. That's so kind. So kind of you to say. Thank you very much. I, re- I thought you were going to throw in a joke and be like, yeah, it's Chris Green or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't really like compliments like this. Or not that you don't like them, but I think, uh, I don't know, but I think it puts you on... Too many emotions, isn't it? <laughs> Too many feelings. What are they? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, I thought I it was. That. I thought it was a nice thought, and I thought well, I should. I should tell him. That is a very him. nice thought, and I appreciate it a lot. 
and I think you know it's a we've got a special bond really haven't we we've known each other for 30 years or close to and you know there's been some gaps in that but you know it's just kind of like it's just normal isn't it it's just just we're just nice to each other as well just don't be a dickhead and we, <laughs> we get on all right don't we and that's just kind of life it's just how I try and live my life is just don't be a dickhead and people will like you <laughs> So for sure it's a good, it's a good life principle yeah yeah to live by <laughs> well you... speaking of the ultimate hero ultimate hero wow. let's talk about Nicolas Cage he is your ultimate hero isn't he I love him I don't think there's any films of his that you don't like can we explore I mean that? I I think we could do a whole podcast series on that <laughs> there's there's so many films that he did since i don't know in the last like 10 to 15 years where you know because you know nicholas cage had like this is public information had issues with like the irs and got into like some bad trouble with tax and basically then went into like 10 12 however many years of just doing basically like b movies just to pay off his tax debt which he has now paid off and is now making amazing films again it's like the best comeback like have you seen wait i think it's called the in the the weight of what is it the the weight of like the new the new one with him in is that where he plays himself yes weight of talent just put yes the unbearable weight of massive talent i've not seen it's wonderful is it really good wonderful yeah it's great it's amazing it's like his comeback and he said from now on he's paid off all of his debts he's all good i think he's got like 20 million in the bank or something he is now being selective with what projects he's doing again which is amazing and i'm telling you right now I put that's oh well we don't need to make a bet but I would put money on this <laughs> that he will be getting an Oscar nomination in the next five years Ooh, or something. You should put that bet on. That's the sort of Is shit. Is there you a can, place you? C- yeah, go you and can fucking do that? pop into Ladbrokes, mate, and be like, that, honestly, that's the sort of shit. All right, I'm just going to park my Kestrel out there. Right, <laughs> go down the old bookies. Money on old fucking Cage Rage. Get himself a bang tidy little Oscar nomination. Bosh. Yeah. Boom. Easy. Job done. Easy money. Easy money. Shall we do a segment or like a, a collection of podcasts called The Cage Casts? I'd love to. And we're love just... To so much. We've done Face we'll Off, haven't we? And, and Conair. And we're going to this one. And we'll just have a like a collection of Nicolas Cage podcasts. And I'd love that. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do The Cage Casts. The Cage cast. I, he's got so many amazing films. Have you seen Adaptation? No. Oh, man. I've seen Raising Arizona. I haven't seen oh, Raising Arizona. Oh, we haven't. Let's, should we go? Right. I know we're not talking about Family Man yet, but let's go through Nicholas. He's got a funny spelling as well, hasn't he? He's no H. Nicholas Cage. No H. Let's go through all his films. Not all That's of them. a lot. But let's go through like... I'll shout out some of them and you will see if we've seen it or not. Okay. Right. There's no set order to the thing I've just clicked. Where's IMDb? Give me IMDb now. There's some of his early ones I know I'm going to have not seen. And then some of 
the ones that are going to be in like the crazy cage era of the last like 10 years we'll skip that there's some in there i've seen but the thing is is he never turns in a bad performance he always finds a way to put his cageness into it yeah keep himself like interested in it i have a pit you know i've got a picture of nicholas cage right here from conair in the white vest just looking oh it's just, just looking gorgeous it's his birthday soon do you know when his birthday is no january the 7th so it's coming up Ooh. it's not far away how old is he gonna be let me guess 55 uh doesn't say he's born in 1964 so what's that oh uh, means he's two years younger than my dad so 58 58 not bad not bad looks good for it yeah i can't see of course he does have you found IMDb? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking. There's some weird shit in here. <laughs> the start, yeah, start from the beginning, like from notable ones that we're gonna know. There's a film called Valley Girl. No. Okay, let me find one that we're gonna know. Right, Raising Arizona, 1987. Good year. That's kind of the first one. Um, yeah. Then there's like this one called Moonstruck. I've seen, yeah, wait, not Moonstruck. Keep reading. I've seen one that's around that era, one of his first ones. Never on Tuesday, Vampire's Kiss, No. Time to Kill, Wild at Heart, Wings of the Apache, Um, Zanderley, Honeymoon in Vegas. No. Um, Maybe it is Moonstruck I've seen. Maybe. His dad is uh, Francis Coppola, isn't it? The director. Uh, I don't know if it's his dad. I thought it was some sort. Oh, of... Oh, is it his uncle? Is it it's like, like an his uncle or something like that? Isn't it? Yeah. I don't. Know. I love. But he changed his. He changed his last name so that he would like make it on his own merit. Yeah. So, like the era that we'd really remember is The Rock '96. Classic. Great film. We need to do that one. Con Air we've yes. done and Face Off 97. Yes. Um, yep. City of Angels. Oh my God, I loved City of Angels that, with Meg Ryan. Is that when he's dead? Is he dead? Yeah, yeah. he's the angel. I've seen that one then. We've got we've got to do that as well. I haven't seen that since being a kid, but I used to watch it quite a lot because that's the sort of child I was. <laughs> uh, Snake Eyes. Oh my god, I love Snake Eyes. Have you not have you not seen Snake Eyes? I don't think so. Oh, that would be a great live watch along for us to do because it's uh very twisty and you've got to make sort of guess what's happening. It's kind of like a thriller okay. that all happens in one room. Okay. Well, one one venue, let's say. Let's give... I don't want to get it happens at a boxing match. Okay, we'll give that a bash then. Uh, eight millimeter. We should do that. Let's do that next. Okay, we've got to do snake eyes next. Sorry. Uh, eight, eight millimeter. I think I've seen. I think I've maybe seen years ago. Yeah. Bringing out the dead. Yep, I see. He plays a paramedic. Gone in sixty seconds, of course. Oh my! We have to do Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> what it, have you unlocked? Is the an- cage? Angelina Jolie in that. Yes, she is. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Do you all, not remember? Put it away, Simon. I can't remember. I, 
I haven't watched you it. Don't, for... don't, you don't remember the flirty banter over the gear stick? She's like, she hops over the gear stick and it's like a whole thing. No, I don't remember it. I do. I'll watch it again. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Seen I haven't that. seen. That's a war one. I've seen it. Uh, Wind, of course it is. Wind Talkers. I've seen that, of course, as well. It's another war one. No. Yeah, um, I love war. Sonny? 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 No. Wait, then we get an international treasure territory. I love National Treasure. They've just released a show on Disney Plus. It's not got him in it, but a TV show. Oh, nice. Uh, Lord of War, that's a good film. I liked that film. Great, great film. Good film. Where it's got Jared Leto in. It's like like cocaine addict. Uh, probably, I can't remember. I watched, you know, funny enough, I think I watched it earlier on in the year, but I can't remember. Uh, the Weatherman. That was a good one. World Trade Center. That's just a good film. Hard to watch, but good film. Yep, that was um, quite like was that like two thousand and five? It came out quite quick after six, yeah, or two thousand six. No, not too far. Not that long after, really, is it? Yeah, not at all. Um, we've got the Wicker Man, the Ghost Rider, kind of. Like, this is where we start. We're a bit downhill now. He's in next. The Wicker Man's when he's like, not the bees, not the bees. <laughs> like, I, like it gets memed a lot online. Like, I think. Because we love Cage so much, we can't do films like that. We have to just do ones where it's like... Big hit oh, you, you missed out his Oscar win, um, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, that's like really... That's right at the beginning. Leaving Las Vegas, 1995. Yeah, that's before The Rock. I didn't know he won an Oscar. That was his Oscar win, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's do he a, a played few more. alcoholic. Um... Werewolf women of the SS. <laughs> he's, oh dear. he's in it, but uncredited. <laughs> There's one that F and I watched during lockdown that I, I just bought like in Sainsbury's. I just saw it there and was like, I'm just going to have to get this. It was Nicolas Cage on the front cover. And it was like him versus like a cheater or a pamphlet or something. <laughs> Can you see what it was called? It was like... Uh, it came out probably in 2020, maybe 2019, 2021, around Let's there. Have a look. It had like a one word title. It would just been called something like, like Panther or Lion <laughs> or something. And it's that he'd, he'd like caught this I've, rare. You found it? It's primal. Primal. <laughs> Looks shit. <laughs> Like the the cat the quality of like the camera, like it looked like it was. It was like we like filmed the it. Color it went driving to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, no, the quality on our on our iPhones were better than that. It was like oh. the color correction wasn't right. You know, like it looked like they'd clicked the wrong setting or something on the camera. Like it didn't. I don't know, but he was still entertaining in it. Um, so. there's, a, there's a film called Jiu-Jitsu, which I think is about some sort of, I've seen adverts where it's like some sort of Jiu-Jitsu legacy. This alien comes down and they have to fight it with Jiu-Jitsu to win. It's, it's crazy. It looks ridiculous. And he's in that. And then, yeah, the unbearable weight of massive talent film called Pig from last year. Oh, Wh- Pig. Wh- I've seen Pig. Willie's Wonderland. Wait, Pig got him a lot of notoriety back. 
um in like won a load of awards on like you know independent films and blah 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 and it's about a guy that has he has a pig for truffle sniffing out truffles and someone takes the pig and so he goes on a rampage like to get the pig back because they put the pig back in the box yeah pretty much <laughs> and that's about it there we go that's basically the filmography of Nicolas Cage and yeah but two big ones other big ones there we missed out adaptation so good so good and Matchstick Men is really good as well have you seen Matchstick Men no he's like a con artist so good so much cage so much cage I can't wait <laughs> can we do Snake Eyes next yeah if you want why not yes yes <laughs> that's great of you being like a first time viewer to it as well that'll be perfect there you go perfect well okay well tell me before we uh you know go into the the depths of family man what is your history with the movie like do you remember the first time you watched it and like what what has it meant to you over the years um because did you choose this or did i choose this or technically did paul johansson choose this for us um i chose it but said it could be your choice if you wanted it to be and you were like Perfect. yes of course <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid thing to say <laughs> Okay, and so do you remember when you first saw it? I don't. It would have been close to when it came out. I I remember having it on DVD. I actually had this on DVD and would watch it at Christmas time because it's a Christmas film. So, yeah, it was one that I certainly remember having it and watching it. I don't remember the first time watching it, but I I seldom do. seldom remember the first time watching it unless I watched it with you and I have to go... Well, you can remind me of when I first watched it because you were there. Um, but this one, I, yeah, I definitely remember seeing at home and having it uh, on DVD. And my mum loves this film as well. She thinks it's brilliant um, because it is brilliant. So, yeah. What about you? When when did you first see it? I don't think I ever owned it. I think I would have. I think I would have seen it on TV, like maybe a year or two after it had come out, when mm-hmm. it would have ever got to TV. And I'm not even sure if I'd ever seen it the entire way through. Um, but then, this is one of Ephony's favourite Christmas films. So, I'm not sure at what point we watched it together. But we've been together for 13 years now. So, I think re- relatively early on, we watched it together. And then we've watched it like a couple times, you know, as a couple and it so it means something to me because i love nicolas cage but it means something to me because it means something to her like she loves it and she actually watched it with us on our watch along so for anyone that hasn't seen family man in a long time it is available on ravenshoops.net uh you can watch it with dom and i and some of our ravens so not sure about the legalities of that yeah but it's there that's why i was like ooh. <laughs> We're promoting the film. Yeah. Um, so Nicholas Cage doesn't mind. No, not at all. He, well, not we've got all. a connection to him anyway, because, you know, we know Paul. Paul knows mm-hmm. Nick. Nick knows Nicholas. Mm-hmm. So we're all good. Yeah, it's fine. So it's basically endorsed by Nicholas Cage. Just yeah. watch it on ravenshoops.net, but at the same time, order it from Amazon. Mm. One hand washes the other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And then we're actually supporting the film industry 
uh, and mm-hmm. not pirating. <laughs> Yar. <laughs> so I have it on Blu-ray, and that's probably quite rare to get on Blu-ray. So that's probably like twenty pound or something. So I think I've done enough. There you go. You've done your bit for the cage for our listeners. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Oh, uh, so so yeah, and then so it was great to watch it the other day. I watched almost all of it again today apart from the last like half an hour like i say watch like listen to while doing stuff and yeah it is it's classic i love it there's there's some actual similarities in a way you wouldn't think that there would be but i found to face off and i connect it to face off in that wait for it it connects that in face off you've got nicholas cage like is in his somebody is in somebody else's life mm-hmm. and then commenting on somebody else's life um and like when he finds the diary you know and of his wife and his you know oh date night and no sex and whatever and he's like making judgments and then in family man he's doing the same thing he's like looking at somebody else's life even though it's him and you know he opens a desk drawer and there's like the the whiskey or scotch or whatever and he's like oh i bet you needed this every day sort of almost judging somebody else's life but being in their life mm. yeah do you think john travolta was on the other end of that somewhere um <laughs> being a dickhead yeah. <laughs> yeah who knows who knows well give us your perfect perfect dom style synopsis of you know the the general happenings of this movie how do you want to do it maybe we could do it like act by act because i mean it really happens in three parts right you've got the beginning and the setup then we've got the middle and him adjusting and seeing and then we've got the end of how it all ends up but we could do like you could do a synopsis of the first bit and then we could talk about it the set third or we could do the whole thing how would you like to do it? I don't mind. We we could do the the first chunk and then have a chat about it and then go to the middle and then do it that way. That sounds like fun. Perfect. So to begin with, in this film, uh, Nicolas Cage plays uh, Jack, Jack Campbell. And Jack is a high-flying kind of broker, isn't he? Some sort of investment broker uh, who essentially has no responsibilities in in life other than to himself and as this broker he doesn't have a family he's very much a bachelor loves the bachelor life has a different woman in his bed every night you know and the the repeat offenders come knocking on his door you know he's very much desired man drives a ferrari and you bloody know he drives a ferrari he um (laughs) he he doesn't come across as like a total dickhead though, which I always find um, quite funny. I always, I always thought when I watched it that he was um, a, a bit of a knob, but actually he's, he's you know, he, he gives advice to the people at the, like the doorman and stuff, doesn't he? You know, the, the people that like concierges and, and stuff that in his building that he lives in uh, and tells them kind of what investments to buy and ask them what tips they got um, over the, the sort of holiday period um uh, and that's kind of it he's he's like a high flyer revered in what he does but also he doesn't believe in like the holidays and he he makes 
his entire team work all the way through Christmas and there's like a crisis meeting there's a big deal that's going to go down he's integral to this deal he's got all the all the balls rolling and everything working um and it turns out on Christmas day he has to go to Aspen is it Aspen um uh, to to kind of make sure that this deal goes through because there's like another company coming in and and you know stirring things up and making it a bit difficult for them but he's like I have no family commitments or anything like that. My commitment is to this and, and to my job and, and to making this money and doing big deals. And that's what he gets off on and he loves it. But he also drags his team in and his team kind of are, are forced into uh, coming in on Christmas day and working, you know, when they thought they'd get a bit of time off with their family, you know, at least one day, but he's, he's not about that at all. Uh, and any further you want me to go with that? Or is that a good start? That's a great start. I, <laughs> As some of the best moments in this opening section is, of course, Nicolas Cage just in his in his underwear. We would call them pants here mm. in the UK, but I guess I don't know why fronts trunks. I think you call them trunks, <laughs> underpants, and yeah, but you know they're not boxes. They're like briefy briefs. Yeah, ah, oh, briefs. I don't know. Budgie smugglers. He's <laughs> smuggling budgies down there. They're tight. <laughs> and, he, and he's just doing the... But he does it just in his perfect cage way. Where you know that he... Now I've heard people say this about him before in interviews and, and things where he will take a line of dialogue and then change where the emphasis goes and there's like certain lines and stuff later in the film when he's just like, I can't remember when he says it. He calls someone a prick, and he's just like, blah, 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 you fucking prick!" And like goes up. He probably doesn't say "fucking," but you know, it just it's the perfect cage delivery. And I think why people love him so much is just because he is so charismatic. And this could be a really boring portrayal right like those in the film is great and it's a great premise and you know it's something that we're all familiar with as an audience like we've seen this kind of movie play out it's almost, almost like the ghost of christmas past so to speak but done in a different way you know getting the the glimpse of what could have been like we've seen this kind of thing but what makes it interesting is the performances and the nuances and you could have just put uh standard bland leading man in Nicolas Cage's role and it just wouldn't have the same like pizzazz and that's what he brings is that watchability factor like you just he's in every scene of the film right but the he I don't think there's ever a scene without him uh I think so oh, apart from at apart from at the <clears throat> end where Kate is like about to move and unpacking and then he enters the scene like halfway through but pretty much he's almost in every scene of, of the movie and i think you can't underestimate the value that he brings to it just by being him definitely and this is the sort of film that i think if it had been anyone else it wouldn't quite have that energy or that likability like you said um and it would be kind of boring wouldn't it you know if we were to put any if you were to put someone like george clooney in the position it becomes a romantic comedy it doesn't become 
a, a comedy that has a bit of romance in it towards the end you know um mm-hmm. and that's the difference you know the they they put the emphasis on the romance when it's someone like george clooney whereas when it's nicholas cage it's like okay put your crazy spin on this and go for it and really go to town on it and enjoy the character and you believe it it's believable as well you kind of think he just loves his life and then gets thrown into a situation which we'll talk about in a minute that he's just like i've fish out of water absolutely has no idea what's going on and does it so well it's just like this isn't my life what the fuck but you're exactly right as well about the the similarities we've seen this storyline before there's touches of um you know a christmas carol and the ghost of christmas puzzle what you know what you said but it's like um it's it's a christmas carol meets it's a wonderful life and two like incredibly classic christmasy you know stories that have been kind of melded together a little bit to make this but it it wouldn't be the same without Nicolas Cage and it's it's a great I I unfortunately didn't get the chance to watch it as I said I've been doing ridiculous things for my parents the last sort of um six days or so um but I, I would happily watch it again and then again and then again like I would have no problem watching it over and over whereas you watch something like a Christmas Carol and you're like, okay, I'm kind of done with like the three ghosts and Scrooge is suddenly mm-hmm. happy again and, and stuff. And I quite like watching Nicholas, Nicholas Cage's transition and how easy he makes it look as well. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. the difficulties that he has, but suddenly he's like, finds that kind of moment of clarity and he believes that he's kind of happy where he is. And it becomes like, that becomes the narrative that you want to follow as well. And it's, yeah, mm-hmm. he, he, he certainly keeps you invested in the, in the yeah. film. You know, and the character. Definitely, definitely. I was just thinking as you were saying that the only other person I could think around that kind of period, I'm sure I'll think of others later, that I think would have also done as well. Like I don't, again, you know, I love Nicolas Cage. I'm not trying to, I wouldn't ever want to replace him. But someone and a favourite of yours, I could imagine Tom Hanks doing it pretty well in that era like because he has that it's not necessarily an outright romantic guy either and he Mm. can do comedy as well and you could imagine him in the suit sort of being you know all powerful and whatever and then sort of doing all of the erraticness i mean you could say the same for like jim carrey but then it becomes like really uh more outlandish Yeah, yeah like over the top exactly but that would also be really he would also be really good with it um, I, I don't know. I just, I just think Nicolas Cage does the surprise factor incredibly well. I think Tom Hanks, mm-hmm. like a young Tom Hanks, maybe would have been good. Like nineties Tom Hanks, you know, early nineties Tom Hanks, maybe eighties Tom Hanks, if he was doing it, would would be good. You know, the Turner and Hooch phase. Um, but was he? Yeah, was it? Was he Turner Hooch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a moment of like, oh, maybe it wasn't him. Um, but. Uh, I think Nicolas Cage just does surprised and angry at change incredibly well. And, and yeah, just <laughs> like, like I said, just keeps you kind of invested in, in watching him and wanting his character to kind of develop. But also it's funny when it doesn't. So yeah, it's good. And his, and his little moments that you can tell, I'm assuming that he's just ad-libbed in like at the beginning when he wakes up in his like penthouse or massive apartment and you know the the very beautiful woman is leaving and uh she and he's saying well why didn't you come back tonight and she's saying well it's christmas eve jack 
He's like, well, that's fine. I'll pour eggnog o- over you. <laughs> and then there's like a beat of silence. And it goes back to him and he just goes, <laughs> <laughs> just kind of like this Nicolas Cage breathy kind of purring noise. Weird it's sort of like... growl. <laughs> yeah. And, and then later he goes and buys the eggnog, which is the perfect transition to what happens next. Well, he's in the shop buying the eggnog. Um, and I don't really know what eggnog is. For a start, it's not something we really get over here. No, it, hadn't, well, it has alcohol in, right? Yeah. And I'm guessing it's, Mil- well, dairy, milky. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> Some kind of milky drink. Yeah. My oh, mum likes, uh, not like maybe a British version, not milky. I don't know. My mum likes a snowball at Christmas. <laughs> Classic. Classic snowball drinker. Right there. Do you, do you remember when we were kids? Like, I'm assuming we had it together or I'm sure you had it as, you know, as well at your house, but in the nineties, we used to have baby sham. Oh yes. We had it at yours. I remember. I actually quite fondly remember having it at yours and it just, for whatever, the alcohol content is like (laughs) 0.01% or something like that. And we were fucking hammered. We'd had some of that, and we were anyone's. <laughs> well, we were probably having that. Actually, does it, is this connect? I think we've talked about this on a different episode, but my first kiss, you were in the room for. Um, <laughs> it wasn't me, though. Let's make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> but do you remember this? It was uh, my parents got married. Yeah. Um, and FP. I were, yeah, and yeah. I was like... 11 i think we was maybe year six ish maybe even year seven just gone into year seven so we're like 11 maybe 12 i think yeah. 11 and uh it was very small so like my parents had been together for like forever and they got married um and then we had like a, the reception was just like a party at my house at our house and dom obviously came as my man and my girlfriend at the time, when I was 11, so like my first girlfriend, hyphenated brackets, whatever you can call, you know, call child childhood girlfriend, was there. And yeah, we had we had like our first kiss. I feel like maybe we was like, you looked away. I can't remember, but I feel like we were drinking like little baby shams and whatever. But do you remember, do you have any, mem- any memory of this? I remember being there. Yeah, I don't remember the kissing bit. But I remember being there. Um, well, it happened, my friend. <laughs> yeah. You we, might have had your eyes on the TV. I had my eyes on my future. I was, <laughs> I was 11 and I was making moves. I saw my dad marrying <laughs> my mother. It's my turn. <laughs> Sadly, the relationship didn't last. But Yeah, it wasn't a long one, was it? <laughs> no. No, I told you what happened, right? It's like some. Uh, I think shortly after this, there was like a disco for someone's birthday, and someone came up to me and said, "You know what? I think you should just uh, you should just dump insert name of girl here." Yeah. And again, I'm like eleven, twelve, maybe, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Will you tell her for me?" Um. So they would have gone over and done it, and she ran out crying, and I was like, "Well, 
I did. I didn't even want to do that. Like, cause we were actually like friends. Like, it was actually a very sweet thing. Like, we used to go to each other's houses, and it was all very sweet and innocent. Um, and I think there's probably a therapist would say something about me, uh, you know, wanting to please people and not being enough on the inside. Wow. And uh, it's probably only just recently healed. We're still healing. So Certainly. I'm sure she moved on. I'm sure she's happy. I've moved on. You know, I'm married, have a child. What if she um, hasn't? What if she's scarred for life and it's just got pictures of you everywhere? What if imagine she's she just had a glimpse. She's had a family man <laughs> glimpse and she's now seeing us together mm. in like, you know, she's Nicolas Cage in it and actually she's going to turn up here on Christmas Day and can have some <laughs> questions have some to words. answer. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that all happening because it was a school one. We were still in year six because... Then a little while later, I don't know what was happening, but we were in the playground at school chatting, yeah. chatting about something, we would have been messing about something like that. And you said, oh, you should, you should go out with her. Oh, and, Jesus. And you ran to, you ran, you like sprinted to her. And I was going, no, 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 don't know. Cause like it was embarrassing. And you ran to her and you, you like asked her out for me. Even though Did I, it work. Uh, no, because I was like, no, 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 I don't, like, I don't, I don't, I, I, don't, I don't. And she was there, and I was like, uh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> yeah. And then we were like, wow, okay, let's just go back outside. <laughs> so, mate, well, in, well, firstly, wow, what a secure little boy. Maybe I was actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm done with her now. Do you wanna? <laughs> well, I, I, but then maybe then we broke up and then got back together because I remember being in secondary school like in like year seven Maybe, and going yeah. to her house um because i had like south park had just become big and i had little like cartman and kenny and whatever figures that were like key rings and it was like fashion at the time again i'm like 12 to like have these things attached to like your pockets and i remember we were like playing with them so maybe maybe that's not how maybe that was a bump in the road maybe yeah. and then Maybe we never actually broke up. Maybe, technically, still... I'm like a polygamist. <laughs> Are you still together? Jesus. And you've got like this whole other woman and a child with this other woman. 13 you... years. <laughs> 13 years of another woman. Been living woman. a lie. And nobody's known. And you've actually been with, insert name here, for 20 wow. years? 25 maybe yeah 24 <laughs> years well obviously that supersedes my marriage yeah because that's longer you gotta yeah 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 all right well she i think she probably still lives near you i'm assuming i mean i mean from what i'm guessing do. when you I see them quite a when, lot when you're born them. in that village you don't get to leave right oh, so <laughs> unfortunately that appears to be the case yeah <laughs> the dome comes over <laughs> <and> <laughs> You're, You're cut off between the 414 and Courses Road. You're not getting out. <laughs> You're fucking stuck, mate. <laughs> you all the traffic lights in you want. Doesn't matter. You're yeah. not getting out. Yeah, it's like you drive through a tunnel and then you you end up back at the other end of the village somehow. Yeah, it's How is this Truman happen? Show. Yeah. It's the Truman Show. <laughs> all right, oh, well, God. I guess maybe, maybe what I think I should do, right, is I obviously did you a big solid in the back in the playground. Yeah. So what I'm thinking is, 
go over, speak to her parents, see if yeah. she's about, and just let her know that we had this epiphany on the podcast. And actually, um, you know, I'll speak to F and see when she can move out. And start a new, let's start, let's continue, let's not start a new life, let's continue where we left off. I'll see if I can get some South Park toys or something. Mm-hmm. And let's, uh, let's, let's get back to business. Start again. I actually think she lives in London Coney. Oh, move far. Shit. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to, I thought you said London and I was thinking, oh, okay, no, 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 that's London good. Coney. Because I saw, do you remember her, do you know who her best friend is? I'll give you the initials from F- school. S-H. Also, yes, yeah. right, right, right. I've, yeah. se- I've seen her twice in the last two days, so maybe. So it's on the, the fucking cards. They're the-, <laughs> <laughs> they're the female version of us, basically. Yeah. Do they well, have a podcast? We're funnier. No, they don't. Well, clearly, we have an audience. I mean, yeah. people are listening to this <laughs> this dribble we're talking. <laughs> About you getting back together with your 11-year-old girlfriend. No, no, not your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that is not how that sounds. We were both 11. We were both 11. Why is she still 11? <laughs> she never moved. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> When I broke her heart, she got frozen in time. <laughs> but it means when you unfreeze her, it's still wrong. <laughs> not, but then she's. My, I have to explain it to my. Explain it to my son. You've now got a sister, kind of. You've got a stepmom that's eleven. <laughs> no, this doesn't work. Oh, None gosh. of this works. None of this abort. Abort. <laughs> Escape hatch now. Eject. <laughs> we're, we're going we're being taken off of apple Podcasts. we've already said okay yes. come watch our pirated movie over on patreon <laughs> pay us to watch oh, this rate review subscribe people <laughs> oh god oh god oh, my head actually hurts from laughing oh dear <laughs> well this is funny actually i wanted to ask you this um do you think do you think you would ever be someone's glimpse? Like, do you think there's anyone out there that's like, um, you know, previous relationships or previous, I don't know, maybe even friendships, like where you could be the friend in someone else's glimpse? Like, do you think that you would play a part in if anyone else had this glimpse like that Nicolas Cage, his character has in the movie? I have no idea. Oh, what a question. I, I've never even considered it. I, I don't think so. I can't ever imagine anyone would think, oh, I wonder what he's doing now. Uh, you know, I'd like to, <laughs> you know, be mates with him or something like that from years ago. Um, well, I think you were my, my glimpse, right? Before we re... So for people, if you... Firstly, if this is the first time listening to this podcast, so like you clicked on this, you saw, you searched it out because this is your favourite film. I mean, I don't know I'm what so, you're thinking yeah, right now. So sorry. <laughs> but we do have... If you're enjoying it, we have another 208 episodes similar to this Go and on listen the to feed. Fight Club. is really good. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Like, we reconnected properly, well, around the time this podcast started, really. Like, mm. prop being properly friends again, uh, which was when? Like, twenty at the start of 2020, right? Yeah. 
so w- w- almost three years. Mm. Blooming. Yeah. <laughs> still going, still escalating. <laughs> we're, we're not even in out of third gear yet. But <laughs> like if we hadn't of or previously, I think you would have been like my glimpse of, oh, like that was like my best friend, like growing up. That's my guy. Like we did everything together, family holidays, like all kinds of things. And then we literally different schools and just drifted off. And so, in fact, am I still glimpsing? Is this like my fantasy? Like we started a podcast and Paul Johansson was on it. And like <laughs> this can't be true, can it? Rudy Lewis from Cool Runnings was there. And we spoke to him for four hours about Cool Runnings and made him talk about it scene by scene. Oh my god! I'm about to wake up and be this eleven. Was all a glimpse, and you'll be eleven yeah. again. <laughs> and it's me convincing insert name of eleven year old to, to go out with you. And it was like I was giving away my future bride. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it all happened—the chain of events, butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I maybe you're that person for me then as well. Because I I I sort of I te- I tend to remember uh, how close you were with a let's call him a mutual friend we have a mutual friend that you were very close friends with and I kind of feel like I wanted to be that close friend really yeah that's so sad. maybe maybe that's the maybe that's the glimpse but but in but, the, but in do the, you know the gap that we had but you know to speak to that. Um, I had a period of being very like lost, I think, within myself. And what it really was, was I was really insecure. Um, and and that came from school and things I've spoken, you know, spoken about this many times on different things. But I got from sec- when I went to secondary school, I got a lot of insecurities and like fears of not being enough, which is what all insecurities and every they all fear. And um and I think you're always someone that has always come across to me as very secure, whether that's true or not. You've always felt very, like you've always known who you are. And that's such a strength and such something that I admire about you. And you've known that from like an early age. And I went through a period of just doing things for other people's approval, like just doing dumb things to try and for other people to to try to try and improve my self-worth by getting validation from others where we know that validation comes from within you validate yourself right but i don't i didn't get that until i'd like finished uni really and when i met ethany really and i had some insecure uh years there of having to grow up um i wouldn't say until sort of like my mid to late 20s really is where Maybe even my late 20s, maybe when I started my business, when I was like 28. That's when I, I mean, it'd been like a gradual process of feeling better about myself, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it wasn't until then that I really embraced that this is who I am. These are my morals. These are my principles. I will not waver on these things. This is where I'm at. Um, and so where you're saying that it's like you wish that you had been that person or whatever I look back and feel like I wish that I'd been with you because I could have learned those securities and the way that you hold yourself for myself and that would have been so much better for me and uh but like my self-worth was like depleted 
Um, so it's like, you know, we get there in the end, but it's, I always look back on it as, oh, I wish that I'd been with you um, and I would have felt better about myself and probably wouldn't have done some of the, just drop loads of papers on the floor, probably wouldn't have done some of the dumb things that I did. But, uh, but the taking that in turn is, you know, we do dumb things and learn from them and it's all experience and everything. And so, like, you know, I'm happy. And the fact that the, the real uh, wonderful conclusion is that I have you now um, and and I love our friendship now. Like, it's wonderful and it's, yeah. It's like we got there in the end, isn't it? You know, it's kind of yeah. the, the perfect sort of ending. Um, not that it's over, but <laughs> um, yeah, and I see that. And I think you've got to surround yourself with people that will, you know, have your best interests at heart, be mm. honest with you and boost you up when you need it as well. And, you know, I think the people that you hung around with in that period of your life were the opposite, you know, they put you down. Yeah. They're, they're not particularly nice people and they're a bit thick, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hang, I hung around, I like, and it's not until recently that I can see how clear that is. Like, I, I was hanging around with a bad crowd and, um, like, I always knew, like, inside knew that i was like a good a good-hearted person um i never did anything like super awful or anything but i did things that were like that just wasn't me and doing it for approval of others and uh yeah like i wish that i hadn't um but also like i was saying earlier sometimes you sometimes you need people like that to show you that that's not who I am, you know, to work out, well, that isn't how I want to be. That's not the the people I want to surround myself with. Um, and it just makes it clearer that I want to surround myself with people like you. Um, the problem is I only have one of you, you know? <laughs> so instead of surrounding each other, we just have each other's back and that's, uh, yeah. So yeah. Perfect. Well, should we get let's back to Family Man? Back. Yeah, let's go back to Family Man. So Don Cheadle arrives. He does. The eggnog. Yes. So Nicolas Cage is in the store. Don Cheadle walks in and goes to uh, and puts a lottery ticket down and says, this is a winning lottery ticket. I want my money. I want to claim my prize. But the, the guy behind the counter is adamant that it's a fake ticket or he's... Uh, pencil lined the 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 numbers the lottery numbers on uh and th- the moment starts to heat up and heat up quite gets a, a little bit aggressive and don cheadle uh I, I believe his character's name is cash has a gun pulls a gun out and is telling this man to give him his money he, the lottery ticket is a genuine winning lottery ticket but the guy behind the counter won't believe him and this is where you, you know main man jack steps in and says hey and this is this is the difference between you know the the usual films like Scrooge and stuff where they're just bastards all the time, and this film because he does something good here. He steps in and says, "I'll buy the ticket from you. I'll give you the I'll give you two hundred dollars or whatever it is, and you can have that money, and then I'll go and claim the money off the ticket." So it's not I'm not giving you the money. It's it's a business exchange. So you know it's like win win. You get your money now instant gratification and I'm going to get it back. So it's all good for me, right? 
you know, he's probably knowing that the, the, the situation that it's probably not a real ticket and so on and so forth, but he's doing the right thing and looking after the shop owner. What a great moment. I thought actually, it's, you know, I, I kind of forgotten that bit of the film and that he sort of steps in and kind of saves the day. And that encourages Cash to kind of go, well, you know what? It was a winning ticket. Screw you to the shop owner and leave. Nobody gets shot, nobody gets hurt. And you kind of feel like that could happen like any minute because um, it does get a bit tense. And they go outside and they're talking, they're having this uh, discussion. And Nicolas Cage um, asks him something. I can't remember what he asked. He asks him something quite specific. And that's when, oh, he, doesn't he kind of say, oh, you, you know, what are you going to do with your, your life? You know, you've got to do something different. And, you, you know, there, there's got to be a point of change somewhere because you can't just you know, keep going in and robbing shops and stuff. So, you know, go and learn, educate, do, do something else, do something different. And, uh, it's at this point where cash kind of turns around and goes, well, you know, you, you ask for it and, you know, changes start to happen. Have I, have I captured it right there? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. I guess I wanted to ask the question on like, uh, um, I don't know, philosophical level or, actually just um literal level are we thinking that cash don Cheadle's character was there to sort of give a glimpse or test let's say uh the shopkeeper because he's like you could have had it man like you could have had it and it happens again later in the film when the the girl later gets given too much change by him and she keeps the change rather than saying, oh, you've given me too much. And she, he's like, oh, you could have, you could have had it. And this, do you think we're sort of seeing it as he sort of tests people and if their morals are right, then he will give them this gift of a glimpse or whatever it's going to be. Um, and he was there to do that with the shopkeeper and then they failed. Jack stepped up. So it's like, well, actually, I'm going to give it to you then. Is that how you interpreted it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I, it's difficult with the first one because he does throw a gun around and he's sort of waving his gun around and points it at uh, Jack and he points it at the, the shopkeeper and it, it gets a bit tense. But he is essentially walking in, giving people the opportunity to do the right thing or do a good thing and then giving them the chance to see what their life would be like if, and and I, I think what Nicolas Cage is missing is a family and the spirit of Christmas and enjoying a life with someone else and having children, enjoying a life with them and building something and working towards something and not always working just for money and not being driven by uh, material things, you know, being being driven by love. And that's the the glimpse that he gives him and that's the that's the opportunity isn't it and um i think yeah I, I, it's a nice way to put it and when we see him yeah where, where the the girl pays for something in the shop and he gives her back like a 10 dollar bill when she gave him five or something like that so yeah he um that was her opportunity to turn around and say i'm you've given me too much i'm sorry and then yeah maybe that would have been a a good moment for a glimpse so you did something good so i'm going to show you what life would be like if uh you know and whatever scenario you want to build for yourself or whatever scenario they need to see you know and then they they can have some sort of choice over whether they keep it or not but he, he i think he i think cash makes it quite clear it won't stay that way it's just kind of mm. this is this is this is the other you 
This is this is the other universe version of you, and you're going to live that life for a bit. Yeah, I wonder how close they were to calling the movie Glimpse. Yeah, like I wonder if because you could imagine it being called that, couldn't you? But then I guess, as you said, what he's missing is the family. So he is the family mm. man. So is Don Cheadle like an angel then? Or is that what we're saying? He's some sort of spirit, angel, whatever manifestation you want to call him. Yeah, that's what I, That's how I interpreted it. And, and it wasn't until my second watch also that I realized that at the beginning of, at the beginning of the movie... Uh, Jack, Nicolas Cage's character, gets a, a message to say that he'd had a phone call from Kate, played by Tia Leone, right? Mm-hmm. And and then he speaks to the guy that plays Ducksworth in The Mighty Ducks, who's like his boss, who's playing essentially the exact same character. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and says, you know, their old girlfriends are like tax returns leave them in the in the filing cabinet for three years and then get rid of them and so i kind of had sorry go on mega i I was gonna say was that his glimpse moment perhaps no well i was because i was thinking okay so she called him why did she call him and then when it gets to the end it's because she had a box of stuff for him right and so it kind of then made sense how she wasn't that surprised to see him, though she was like surprised to see him, but I guess because he hadn't like called to say he was coming. But um but what kind of shook me this time was that okay, so he then wakes up, he's in the glimpse, right? And uh he wakes up in bed and with Kate and the dog comes in and the kid you know the kid comes in and it's all chaos and he's freaking out and he has that you know the classic movie thing of what's going on and runs out and he drives back to new york and they you know they won't let him into his apartment building and he's perfectly cage raging of we have quasi semi-sexual banter every day and this that and the other and i'm gonna write a strongly worded letter and all this sort of stuff it wasn't until later that I realised that... So throughout the course of the movie, we all, as an audience, fall in love with the little girl, right? She's like the cutest little girl. The way she pronounces, you know, she can't quite say her R's and things. And like, are you here? Are you going to promise you won't kidnap me and my brother and all that <laughs> sort of stuff? Welcome to Earth. Like, she's perfect. And then I realised she doesn't even exist. She's not real, yeah. That's a very good She's point. not even real. <laughs> like the glimpse is over and she, that's gone. Because yeah. when this is 13 years later, the in, in current time when, you know, not to jump too far ahead, but to the very end when they rekindle things, right? Mm. And it's left. We're thinking that now they're going to pick up where they left off. So even if they have kids now, well, there's going to be a different kid, right? <sighs> Well, uh, I mean, he says we're going to call them Annie and Josh, doesn't he? We're going to have two kids and we'll call them Annie and Josh. So, and that's the name of the two, obviously, that are in the glimpse. So, yeah, maybe they would be slightly different because he's different because he is that rich kind of person, but he is now going for love rather than material stuff. But she's different as well because she's Mm -hmm. like head of a gallery or something like that or she's mm-hmm. she's then going to manage a gallery in paris and that's that's kind of her journey outside of the glimpse 
So neither of them have found love really, and they've both been career focused the whole time. Um, yeah, we, we, we kind of missed out at the beginning. Their their relationship at the beginning it starts at the airport, and he gets on yeah. a plane, and it's like. She says, I don't want you to go. I want you to stay. We can really make things work if you stay. And it's like a wonderful thing. And he kind of goes, see you later. I'm going to my internship for Barclays Bank, which made me laugh. Um, yeah. in, in London. And he gets on the plane and goes. And that's kind of the storyline. In, in the, in the glimpse, he came back the next day, mm. which is important. We find that out. And he finds that out as time goes on. And he's trying to work out who the hell he is, how the hell he's ended up with his family and what his job is and, and, and so on and so forth. Um, but in reality, he actually stayed there. We know that he stayed there at least a couple of years, at least a year, minimum a year, um, for that, for the internship and then ended up working his way up the ladder, earning a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Well, and, and it's so interesting, the idea of glimpsing what your life would be like if a person was removed or a relationship didn't happen. And so like to take it back to our previous example, say if I hadn't met Ephany, right? And um I'd remained being friends with the people that I was that weren't good influences, right? Oh, just I think the better way to put it, because I don't want to be negative to people, is they just weren't my people. You know, like we all have like a tribe, so to speak, and the tribe can be people from any walks of life. But it's like there's a kingship and it doesn't even have to be that you have similar interests, just that you have good vibes, good chemistry, like what we're talking about, uplifting people or whatever it may be. Um, But imagine if I had a metaphony and then I didn't go down a different path. Like, where would my life be now? Like, would I have the same career? Would I have, uh, you know, I could be a completely different person. And like the same way that, uh, you know, if you like hadn't hadn't uh, met your girlfriend, like where would things be with your life? Or if, say, you'd never left your previous job, right? Mm. Um, you know, where would things be looking now? Like, do you find, do you ever think of things like that? Or do you find that... Um, like not constructive way of thinking. So yeah, sometimes I, I I think the what ifs can can be important, can't they? Because you can think, what if what if I did go down that path? You know, where would I where would I be now? And I think had I not left my previous job, I'd be just you know like in another shop, fucking hating it still. Um, and it's funny, like when I got with my girlfriend and started doing this podcast. And so on and so forth. It was at a point of change in my life, like positive change. And I, and I think that was a, a big impact because without that, without those things happening, I don't mean just like the podcast. I mean like y- yourself and us kind of like rekindling our friendship, me getting with my girlfriend within a, maybe a year and a half of that, I got a new job and I applied, well, I applied for a new job that I never in a million years would have applied for and got it and so on and bought a flat and just the, all these kind of knock-on effects of one thing happening has, has seemed to have been like a, you know a positive trajectory um and and that might not have happened had the first thing not happened so you you never know do you, you just never know but yeah it's 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 definitely interesting i i think 
personally, you would have four children with three different women and you'd be sharing cigarettes with a Kestrel. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> Yeah, your main uh, your main I goal like in it. life would be yeah yeah mm, drop fag <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, I, well, yeah well I think about things career wise I think about things like that all the time like because I had loads of different jobs I did in my early twenties that just didn't work out um, and I think well what if one of them had and I just stuck at one of them and I didn't end up where I am now and it's not to say that like oh I'm some amazing super successful guy or anything but it's like I have a career that i'm personally happy with and like mm. satisfied with and is enriching to me like stressful and all the rest of it but it's something that i'm proud of and happy to be doing where i could have just been in an office somewhere or do like, or doing something that would for me personally anyway like felt like soul destroying mm. um and it's just i mean oh god it could be a whole separate thing a whole separate podcast but like i credit like what you're saying with my positive change trajectory started when I met Ephany, which ironically is 13 years ago. And in the movie, uh, Jack and Kate, it was first, it was 13 year gap, right. Or 13 years had been together. Uh, they lived like everything that they were doing was like, you know, we have a dog, they had a dog. Um, you know, they have kids, we have a kid, uh, and so some of it was just uh it was funny uh synergy but um i'm nicholas cage of you know in real life of as course. well so that yeah. was you know that's similar <laughs> but yeah it's really it's a really interesting concept for a movie um and like you said and we've like we have we've both alluded to it's been done before but it hadn't been done in this kind of way and those little subtle nuances do make a difference mm-hmm. um Definitely. and i think it is like a classic like i could watch this in 20 years time and it wouldn't feel dated even though it is dated but because it's like in that era that we grew up in it doesn't feel old if that makes sense even though it's like 22 years old now yeah uh, it doesn't feel like it's that old because it's all still kind of all still feels relevant doesn't it it's all, you know, you can have these high flying jobs where you earn a lot of money as a broker, drive a Ferrari around, and then suddenly you're in a kind of suburban house setting with, you know, uh, sorry, a rural kind of house setting with your wife and kids. And, you know, all of a sudden your life is completely changed. It's completely different and your priorities are different, you know, and, and they talk about, um, like money isn't the driving factor in their life. And and that's mm. the difference in, in, in but like pre glimpse mon- money is the driving factor. Um, and post glimpse it, it isn't what, what really interests me is, is the other characters that change pre and post gl- glimpse, like, um, the guy that works in the office as well. Is it Alan? Alan Mintz. Yeah. I think uh, it's Alan. That sounds right. And, like in the glimpse he's kind of like the hard ass kind of bastard one like posh suit dressed up and stuff like that but in the pre-glimpse kind of world he's the kind of 
He's a family guy. He wants to get home yeah. to his kids. Exactly. Yeah. He's the he's the living a life kind of person and doesn't doesn't work doesn't care too much about the the money, but will just keep doing it because his boss tells him to do it and you know needs to feed his children, but he actually wants to spend some time with them. And yeah, he's he's the family man. So yeah, there is just points of difference throughout it. But, um, funny enough, the is it Peter? Peter, the the boss Ducksworth. He doesn't change. He's the same in kind of both mm. environments. But we do, we meet Big Ed, obviously, and, you know, in the glimpse, who's his father-in-law? Yeah, father-in-law who had had a heart attack, and that's he, the reason why Jack is working there. Yeah, kind of looking after the business, and, yeah, that's kind of... It, yeah, it's interesting how the, the characters pre and post are different. Because without his influence in a certain area, I guess someone else has to step into that place and become that person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, it's interesting. I, I like Very that. I, I really like the premise of, of the film, actually. It's quite good. Yeah, it's it's unique in a way that you wouldn't necessarily expect. Mm. Definitely. Well, okay. The, summarize or tell us a little bit in your perfect Dom ways about what his life is like you know in in the glimpse in terms of you know he's got the 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 woman that fancies him wants to have an affair his best friend jeremy piven who's the source of a lot of good one-liners in the movie yeah like what tell us a bit about set the scene well he's completely lost he has absolutely no idea how he's got to where he's got to you know we we said it before it's chaotic Kids jumping on the bed, dog jumps on the bed, licks his face, and wakes him up every morning by basically drooling all over him. And um, he doesn't understand the routine and the and the 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 kind of layout lay of the land for his life. Um, and it's actually his daughter Annie that recognizes that he's not their dad. It, it, it's just yeah. it's, a, it's weird. She she kind of notices and thinks he's an alien. And, you know, don't abduct us and, you know, or any of that. And he's like, okay, I won't, but uses her as kind of like, can you kind of help me through this? Guide me through this a little bit. So she's like, you take us to school on this day and you pick us up at this time. And I've got this practice and that practice after school. So you got to come and get me at five. And he's like, okay, right. I'll make sure I'm back for then. So she's really guiding him through it and doing a pretty good job for a, what she's like six, maybe probably mm-hmm. not even that. Um, and she's doing a fantastic job. And I thought she was, she was great, great little character. Um, and great little actor as well. Um, and he's, literally kind of bumbling his way through it but as time goes on as things start to develop he he starts to get more used to it and falls kind of back in love with Kate who's um Tia Leone um and, and really starts to notice that she's beautiful and tells her says god like even after all this time you haven't changed because to him he hasn't seen her for 13 years to her mm-hmm. they see each other every day and um she she kind of like they're having a difficult time because he's turned up at a point where he's like, I'm not who you think I am. Um, and he thinks he should be this high flyer in, in New York city. And, and she's like, whatever, you know, we, we, you, you do that sort of thing all the time where, where he kind of, it's implied that he wakes up and goes, Oh, I'm, I'm Jack. Do you know? Like, and, and does that whole kind of shtick with her 
all the time. So when he does it this time and he takes it to like the extreme, she's almost not surprised by it, but it gets a bit, it gets a bit awkward and a bit weird. And then, um, there's the shower scene. She's dancing and singing in the shower and it's like, it's, it's his day to like look after the kids. Cause he's like, mm-hmm. baby's crying. And she's like, yeah, good luck with that then. And she just cracks on and, and carries on singing. Um, that's real life for sure. We, <laughs> like, your we turn, have, des- <laughs> we have designated days and that is life. And the other person is just having the best day. <laughs> like, so what are your days off? Shall we call it? Uh, so, well, uh, tomorrow, Thursday. Nice. Hang- um, <laughs> yeah, pod. That's why. That is actually why. Oh, um, post because- pod hangover. Yeah, because up late, so I can't get up early. Um, nice. um And I do Mondays, and then we sort of fluctuate the, the other days. Um, so, nice. but yeah, but when, but when you know it's not your day, it's like, yeah, no worries. I'm gonna just uh, <laughs> stay in bed for a little bit. I'm gonna take longer in the shower. I'm just gonna live my life. And then it's great when you get to then see your kid as well, because you're like, ah, I get to do all the fun bits and wrestle with you quickly. And then, ah, okay, (laughs) your mum's responsibility now. Okay. Yeah, I don't don't have to change you or take you anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Nice. That's very cool. Um, Yeah. Oh, well, well, well. (laughs) Jeremy Piven, I like the moments where, uh, you know, he goes over into his, like, sort of man cave bit and they've got like the bar and he's like oh i put the bar to the lounge in the middle of the room it's throwing you off it's throwing everyone off but like how familiar they are with each other and that kind of carries over with his friend group when they're at the party later and he's got his friend that's like going in for like a heart like biopsy or something by bypass i've got got triple bypass in the morning so he's just like stuffing his face just like yeah they'll clean me out you know yeah going in in for a clean so he's at the bowling in the next like the next day as well it's just just like what the fuck it just makes no sense (laughs) it's brilliant um (laughs) what i didn't understand was they one of his friends goes to hand him a cigar and he's like, oh, no, no, I'm okay. And he's like, oh, it's not Cuban. It's American made. And he's like, oh, okay, I take it. Now, I don't know anything about cigars, but I the one thing I thought I knew was isn't Cuban cigars are the good cigars? They're the cigars that you want, isn't it? Or have I got that mixed up? Yeah, like Cubans are – Cuba make cigars, like famously. They they yeah they have cigar factories everywhere. Um Maybe that's why then? Know. Is it like maybe Cuban cigars are mass produced? I don't maybe, know. May, I, maybe they were illegal at that point because there's there was no there's no trade between there were no there was no trade between the US and Cuba at the time. Mm, maybe okay. even now. So maybe they were illegal. Okay. Not sure. Maybe someone from the US can answer that for us. Someone please educate us. We want to know. <laughs> But yeah, and then we get the the flirting from the the neighbor, and that continues over to the bowling where Jack's like, "Yeah, okay, I'm gonna do that. Write her address down," because that is all. That's what he knew from his pre glimpse life, and his friend is saying, "No, I I can't let you do that. Like you'll be missing out or ruining the best thing that you have in your life, which is Kate." Which was good. It's a good friend moment. 
and uh but he does end up breaking down in the shopping mall about the suit he wants mm. to buy the two thousand dollar suit um and basically saying that that's what he needs to feel enough and kate saying well if, if that's what you need then you know it's almost like that's a bigger problem you know that you need a suit to feel good about being here with your family and his reasoning for like one of his reasonings for getting the suit as well was well she got new shoes or whatever and and they were like six dollar trainers or something you know it wasn't even expensive but it was something nice for the little kid and he's and he used that against kate as a well she gets something why don't why don't i and yeah that is kind of his selfish moments isn't it and it takes him a while to to learn the the good traits and has to watch home videos and watches a a home video of her birthday and he sings her a song and it's pretty dreadful but it's also fantastic um so he's kind of witnessing himself be that kind loving not money driven person um that he doesn't know uh and uh, and that's when he starts to kind of I just he really sort of discovers Kate at that point as well um and they have their really sort of flirty moments and you know they put cake in each other's faces because he's actually quite angry isn't he because she's got the cake and is eating yeah. it and he's like that was my cake I, I put that to one side and I was going to save that for for now and you're eating I can't believe you're eating it and then it becomes a whole thing and yeah they end up um chasing each other around and that's the the surprise moment that you love so much um and yeah and and then he starts to really notice her from that point uh, and and kind of makes that change and starts pushing himself to be a better person uh, and actually to start to be a dad and we do have that lovely moment where he's playing with uh annie out in the garden and they're they're messing about and stuff and she's like oh you're back Mm. and she she like like thinks oh he's he's back because he's this is my dad this is what me and my dad do um and I, I thought that was a really sweet moment so sweet so sweet that's such a nice moment the annie the daughter is so good the actress mm. so good uh but he does go wayward a little bit when ducksworth man his old boss happens to come in for, for the tires yeah and he ends up sweet talking his way into getting a job basically mm. and um uses all the information that he already knows and kate doesn't want to live in new york doesn't want to live in the city doesn't want to pull you know their kid out of school that you know to private school like she's they're all happy there and um because i mean they also go to the city when Jack forgets their anniversary. Actually, quite a lot happens. There's yeah. actually a lot that happens in this film. But eventually, the glimpse ends and we get back to to Jack, gets back to his life, and he's about to go to Aspen and do the trip and do everything that he was supposed to do and then has a change of heart and decides that he's going to go and see Kate and then this is like what you were saying earlier that Kate is actually different because her life changed and is more career focused and she's not a pro bono lawyer you know she actually laughs at that comment when he's like you know is it pro bono and 
it doesn't seem to be working out. And then he goes to the airport, which was at the beginning, you know, said that people say crazy things at the airport. Let's go with the plan that we already had. And then he becomes that crazy person in the airport at the end. And he gives his great monologue, his great speech, which you were saying, Dom, you know, saying we name our kids Annie and Josh. And, you know, this, that and the other. We live in a house and blah, blah, blah. And we have a dog and dog saliva everywhere and (laughs) all the rest of it. And he does enough to get her to wait for another flight so that they can have coffee and catch up. And that's how it ends. And I think as viewers, as an audience, we then let our imagination play into that. Then their relationship starts again and they go and live those lives. And maybe she does become a pro bono lawyer and maybe he does go and sell tires or do something. That means that he is he becomes the family man. He becomes the family man and they become a family. And he gives. He says that there'll be other flights to Paris, doesn't he? He gives her the option. I think what would have been really interesting is if she'd got on the flight then and there and said, "I've, I've got to go. I've got to go," but came back the next day. Yeah, and then he then goes was, back. Uh, he goes back home, and he's like, oh, and wakes up the next morning, and then he thinks it's who's it going to be? Is it going to be the eggnog girl? Maybe the eggnog girl comes to the door, and he's like, no. You know, I'm not doing this. And then the door goes again and he thinks, oh, I told you I'm not doing... Okay. She's back. Or she just opens the door and she and she goes, Jack. Yeah, I can see it. I wonder if they... Hmm, I wonder if they considered that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But you never know. Either way, we get to the same... We get to the same conclusion. And there we have it. The family man. So let's talk about judgments but before we go there if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and how could you not then please check us out ravenshoops.net why dom because nicholas cage goes through hoops but nicholas cage can also go through nets ravenshoops.net dom who was your favorite performer of this movie difficult it's hard not to just immediately say Nicolas Cage isn't it because he's in as you said he's in every scene I think probably bar one so it's just yeah it's just brilliant and he's really good in it um but okay I'll do shout out to Mackenzie Vega that played Annie Campbell the little girl but I am going to give it to Nicolas Cage as my favourite performer. He's just solid, isn't he? He's just a solid, solid guy. What about you, my friend? Nicolas Cage. I didn't even have to think about it. Don't oh, wow. hesitate. Just say what you want to say. Don't just sugarcoat this shit. It's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> what about your favourite character? i got to go with Jack. I thought Jack was, was brilliant uh, and performed incredibly well. What about you? I'm going to go with Annie. Nice, nicely the done. Little girl, she nobody was likes just Josh, so... the little, the little boy. Well, <laughs> he had no lines. <laughs> no, uh, but they did. Uh, I was a bit surprised that they like when they're changing his nappy or diaper for North American listeners. That they like, you know, showed showed his manhood. Um, 
it kind of surprised me a little bit as I don't I almost don't know if they would do that now not because there's anything wrong with that you know uh but just because there's a lot of sick people in the world um no is that a bit of a turn I I just thought that like I don't know I just I don't trust the human race do you no (laughs) not one bit humanity disgusts me well yes so um but that's not the kid's fault you know like the um the kid from the nirvana album cover wasn't it last year that the kid now adult tried to sue for that yeah i think so saying it was like child pornography or or whatever it was abuse i think he lost though yeah, I think he did. I think he lost. Oh, I think his... that they'd signed a waiver or something. Yeah, his parents, his, his parents had yeah managed everything for it. I think it probably yeah. It's just everything's a bit screwed up, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, what about your favourite background performer? One line or less. Yes. Uh, I I I didn't pick out anyone. In particular. Do you want me to go so you can be thinking? Go on then. So you've got at the beginning with the lottery ticket, you've got the shopkeeper and then next to him you've got like an old man, which I'm assuming was like his his dad. He didn't have any lines. Nice. That's a good choice. I think I'm going to go for it when he's at uh, Big Ed's tires and he's walking through and he stops like a young man and says, do I have an office, you know, somewhere to work? And he's like, yeah, of course you do. He's like, well, where is it? That guy has a few lines, but he's selling tires to someone who says nothing. So I'm going to go Yay, with that guy. There we go. There we go. I, got, I was worried there. I was like, he definitely had more than one line, but he, yeah. it's all right. 208 episodes. He knows what he's doing. He's got it in the bag. <laughs> what about your favorite line of the movie? Um, I think I'm going to have to ask you to do yours because I haven't caught one of those either. <laughs> there, I'm going to go with Annie that just says, welcome to Earth. Ooh. Which is just like a great line. Um, Can I go with ta-da? <laughs> yes, only if you do it in the voice. <laughs> ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Favorite song? Um, it, it was pointed out to me in the during the watch along that there's a song by the Rolling Stones in there, uh, which I haven't heard for such a long time, such a long time. Um, and it was Tammy. Tammy said, "Oh, I love this song." And I was like, "What song is it?" I hadn't quite picked up on it. And it was "Beast of Burden" by the Rolling Stones. So yeah, it's a it's a great song. So I'm going to go with that. What did, What about you, my friend? What did you pick? Well, you know that music means nothing to me. Um, so I will go with that. The roll, 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 rolling, 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 rolling stones. The rolling stones. Can can I change my line choice? Yes. To um, it's one of Jack's lines, uh, and you've mentioned it already. Where he says, "I'm sorry, I was such a saint before, and I'm such a prick now." <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> such a you go such a prick now <laughs> so i'm gonna go with that one it's perfect okay and then last but not least is the precious precious rating so on movies we always do two ratings we do a subjective rating what does it mean to you personally 
the the emotions that you have tied to the movie out of 10 and then your objective rating from your film critic hat on your perspective watching it now in 2022 so what would you say Dom what's your subjective personal rating from a subjective point of view that there isn't much that's personal to me about this film I do really enjoy this film and it's a very very good film but um it's probably a seven so i'm gonna go with seven um what about you from a personal point of view i'll probably put it to like a nine because f and i watch it a lot together and it's kind of become like a a couple one no it's like one that we wouldn't yeah like we wouldn't watch without one another kind of thing so it's it's a sweet sentiment yeah what about your objective film critic point of view i think i'm gonna give it a 10 where <laughs> I really like this film. It's a really good film. Like from just watching it, it's got everything, and most importantly, it's got Nicolas Cage. So yeah, yeah, I loved in it. In his pants, in his pants, as in his pants, quite a lot at the beginning. So what's not to like? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about you, my friend? Yeah, I'm good with a ten. Also, I love it. Nice. It's perfect. I have it on. So I have a couple shelves in here. But I have maybe about 30 films that are like, to me, when my son gets old enough to watch them, it's like, if he watches these 30 films, he'll know who I am. <laughs> like I said, I feel like they're a reflection of like my taste and they varied. It's very like, just, can, just it, can it be so a- much John Woo? <laughs> <laughs> so many doves and gunshots. Just can- too much Jerry Bruckheimer. <laughs> <laughs> Can can you say eclectic when it comes to movies? I guess you can, right? I guess quite an eclectic uh, range mix. of movies in there. Yeah, a mix. And fat the Family Man is in there, so it's everything on that. Though you know those shelves are a ten. So for me, so that's great. So awesome. So great film. Really enjoyed watching it with you, but also podcasting it with you. We are in five minutes going to move on to a live watch along of miracle on 34th street the 90s version Mm -hmm. and we'll be podcasting that next week to round off our festive season of podcast episodes looking forward to it i think i think this is a really good christmas film this one It's, it's it's quite lengthy but it's a good one i enjoy it is it miracle on i haven't seen it for a long time i think it's quite long we can cut it short <laughs> just cut out the beginning <laughs> cut out the whole court case at the end <laughs> yeah oh god i forgot it goes to court yeah <laughs> spoilers dom Jeez. oh come on man oh <laughs> uh, was this before jurassic park no it's after jurassic park after jurassic park Interesting. Well, because there'd have been lawsuits after that, surely. You know, he's gone from dinosaur parks. There's a few dead bodies in there. Samuel Jackson died, had his arm bitten off, or his body bitten off of his arm, right? Yeah, it, he was arm. just an arm by the end of it. Right. So he probably went to court for that. And then, what, a year later, he's Santa and he's in court again. Yeah. He's banging on about being Santa Claus. Well. He only flies on Christmas Eve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, no. There's a preview of what's to come in the next episode. 
but we're still in cage land here so yeah. let's go out with some cage we know we know that you can do an excellent Nicolas Cage but before that let's decide now what is our next cage film going to be for our uh, what do you call it the cage cast cage cast yeah you've already said snake eyes was it yeah, I just wanted to check that you were listening and you understood the assignment. I got it, man. I got it. I'm down for that. I'm happy to watch it. Happy to talk about it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, then, Nicolas Cage, please take us out. Shall I? I just need a refresher of his voice. I'm just going to listen to it again quickly. <laughs> Dom is listening to Nicolas Cage in his headphones. I'll continue to talk to you. So that you're not hearing silence. I'm wondering. He did a really good Nicolas Cage impression on the end of our last One Tree Hill episode. It was it was the exact same moment. Kate Reynolds, she was my girlfriend back in college. <laughs> you're going. It's it's twisting a little bit into uh, Owen Wilson now. Let me. Oh wow. <laughs> Hold on. Let me. <laughs> She was my girlfriend in college. She was my girlfriend in college. Yeah? She was my yeah, girlfriend in college. Yeah. Kate Reynolds. She was my girlfriend in college. <laughs> Hold on. I took the road less traveled. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go. Come on. Give me some more words. Pikachu. Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> he sort of goes, this is very strange. <laughs> Kate Reynolds. She was my girlfriend in college. Okay, you ready? Yeah. 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 Kate, Kate Reynolds. <laughs> she was my girlfriend in college. We're going to do Ravens on three, Simon. Are you ready to do Ravens on three? Oh, yeah. One. Uh-huh. Two. Yes. <gasps> three. <laughs> Ravens! Ravens! <laughs>